This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk Podcast. Uh, we're here today after a pretty impressive 3-0 win for Derby against Stoke. Uh, and we're also here after a 1-0 midweek win against Chesterfield. It's been, it's been a pretty good week and I've got three lads today that are quite excited to talk through the football with me. So first uh, is Adam Titley. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Uh, quite good after two back-to-back wins. Um, to mm. be honest, so yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, you were telling us just before you almost didn't get in on Saturday. No, no, um, just tickets didn't come through. Had a mare at the turnstile, um, <laughs> managed to get in just about. That's <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. We've also got Callum Bucock. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good, thank you. It's uh, it was a great afternoon, although the weather didn't uh, obviously treat us well, but I thought the football and uh, nostalgia was uh. It was probably the best it's been for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. And we'll get onto that a little bit later on. And last but certainly not least, Chris Matthews Redwood. How are you, Chris? Hello, mate. All good. Thanks. I think I'm now officially excited for the start of the season. Mm. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the break. But after yes yesterday, it feels, yeah, let's get going now. Well, exactly. And I mean, we had a conversation with Jamie, who's often on the pods, and he was very, very weirdly... Um, you know, pessimistic about yesterday. I see it in a completely different light. I thought the first 45 minutes was some of the best football I've seen as play in years. Uh, I've got written down here 45 minutes of Barcelona-esque football. I mean, Adam, you know, we'll go through all three goals. First goal, set piece. We don't score those. What was happening there? We don't. I mean, there's been many away games when we've needed a goal and we've got a free kick up corner and you always say you never score from a set piece. It's a classic Derby thing, but with the tall players that we've got, maybe we'll see a few more goals from him. Sonny Bradley, Curtis Nelson, all over six foot. And maybe finally we'll have a couple of tall players who can get on the end of some some set pieces. Yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, I've watched it back a couple of times. It is one of the worst headers I've ever seen. Um, it's got shades of James Collins versus Oxford, you know, and he, he tries to sort of glance it. Bullet in. header. Yeah. <laughs> Heads it onto the defender and puts it in, but it's a goal all the same. And and Callum, I mean, we saw set pieces all day. We had Joe Ward taking them. We had Conor Horahan taking them. Two players with brilliant deliveries. We can do in-swingers on each side now. It looks like an avenue that Paul Warren really wants us to target and one that we can actually use now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've been crying out for for, what, two, three seasons? We've not been a threat from set pieces um, in probably the last, uh, probably yes, two or three seasons. I mean, Paul Warren's advocate for um, goals from all places. It doesn't have to be from your number nine. Um, and the fact that we've got now, as Adam was saying, um, two... Um, if Cashin grew a little bit, it'd be three. Um, but mm-hmm. um, but I mean, he can leap to be fair to him. But yeah, no, you've got three really good defenders in the air. And as I say, having that threat just means that if we're not on song on the pitch, it just means you can go and win a game in another way. Well, exactly. And and Chris, I mean, watching that goal back, one thing as well that Derby haven't done in recent years. You remember we had that weird time where we had all those different set pieces. I remember Shea Given being like, oh, yeah, we tried like the conga line and, and everything like that. It was nice to see some actual movement in the box, wasn't it? I think last year we were quite static when it came to putting balls in and we very rarely scored. And we had three or four players that were free pretty much every time. Yeah, the movement was really good. It reminded me, remember, when England started, I think it was the 2018 World Cup, they all they all ran in in a line. I thought that was, yeah, it was a bit of a... It, it was really good to, to see, actually, because, as you said, last season, it was a bit standing like statues and just hoping for the best, let's be honest. Uh, but to see some movement and to see some proper pace on the balls being whipped in as well, um, because you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist if you just chip the ball in and lob it in, the keeper's going to get it. Um, you can't really attack it, and any header you, you, you do get, you've got to generate the power. So, no, it was good to see yesterday, and hopefully, he's going to do a bit more work on that because set pieces, I think, this season will be key, um, to get those goals when we aren't playing brilliantly. Um, and but yeah, as kind of bullet header from. From, from Curtis Nelson. Um, no luck whatsoever. But yeah, it was really good. Really good. No, I mean, talking about actual bullet headers, um, before we get onto it very quickly, we've got a comment from Jamie saying, don't get carried away. We're just not going to listen to you, mate. Um, no. And we've got an even better comment from Derby County Fan 32. It says, James Collins is the next R9. Um, and after what? that header yesterday, I think he might be right because if we move <laughs> on to that second goal, I mean, everything about the goal was brilliant. Um, Collins picking the ball up, playing it back to Bird. Bird plays a delightful pass down the line to Wards. Ward waits for options, rolls it back. Corey Smith, of all people, whips in one of the best crosses I've ever seen and a James Collins bullet header into the bottom corner. I mean, Adam, we've seen already Collins sort of finding that space, getting in the box. It's what we want from him, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago about what is Collins best at in terms of attacking in that box? Is it arriving late? Is it waiting in the area for, for a poaching like goal? And it seems to be arriving late mm. with the pace of Mendes Lang up front. He can drop deep if he likes. Um, he doesn't have to be always pushing the line. And we saw it yesterday, a brilliant move. And um, he seems to have found his sort of mojo in that middle, really, I think, waiting for the ball in. Um, he just seems to find space on his own in the middle. We saw it at Chesterfield, he was unmarked. And he seemed to do it again against a, a good Stoke side, really. Yeah, and you mentioned there a good Stoke side. We made them look decidedly average, didn't we? And one of the things that we were speaking about before we started recording was was Max Byrne. We mentioned there he played that pass through to Joe Ward and... He played a little bit further forward. He did the same against Chesterfield, won the penalty within a few minutes. His energy is strength, as as Callum said. Um, he just seems a different player. I mean, he's, I, I don't know how to say it, Callum. He, he looks <laughs> really special, doesn't he? 
Yeah, he's he looks um, a cut above. I mean, Paul Warren kind of said it in his post-match um, on Rams TV. He said anything that went well today went through Max Bird, and you can kind of see that. Um, and we were saying just before we went live, it looks like he's bulked up a little bit, which he needed because he was kind of getting pushed off the ball a little bit too much last season in League One. So, um, I, I mean, it's just all positive going into the season. Um, having, um, I think, all three in the midfield had a really good game yesterday um, in that first half. Um, so having someone, as I say, it doesn't need to be um, the front two doing the press. It can be Max Bird initiating that and he's fit enough and he looks fit. Um, to initiate that press, um, which Paul Warren wants. Mm. And Chris, I mean, Callum mentions there, he, he talks about the fitness of the players and they look fit, don't they? Uh, I think for the first time in, well, it's the first pre-season we've had in a long time, isn't it? I mean, last season was obviously cut short because of admin, so we had to start a few weeks late. Season before that, again, a few weeks late, we had barely any players. And it's the first season in a long time where our manager's you know, managed to get in, and and Paul Warren's obviously got um, a, a good reputation with his pre seasons. Don't you think the players look really fit and really ready for the season already? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what's got me excited a bit early yesterday. It felt the way they came out of the traps. It felt like the first game of the of the season, which was really good. And I felt the starting lineup from Warren was, you know, barring maybe one or two. I think that's how we're going to going to line up against Wigan. Um, so, yeah, it was really good. I don't think we can underestimate how good that Spanish trip trip was. I mean, it looked like an absolute nightmare for anyone there, but. It was really good to see the players really working hard. Um, and it was like that had been planned from mm. February, March time. And that sort of planning is something we haven't had for a long, long time. As you mentioned, last few seasons, last few pre-seasons, it's just been a bit manic. But now there's a proper plan in place and you can see the performance is building and getting better, which is exactly what we want. You know, Salford wasn't brilliant. Um but the heat was just ridiculous. Chesterfield, it was starting to build, and then yesterday you sort of saw the plans coming into fruition, which was which was which was really good. So yeah, I think no one can underestimate how good a proper preseason has been. And Warren's an expert at fitness, and I think Max Bird is a key example of someone who finished last season a little bit um, low on confidence and a bit skinny, and now he's bolted up a bit, and I think he's ready to be a really key part for his next season. Yeah, well, and something you mentioned there, Chris, I mean, obviously that Salford game was was a difficult one. They'd just come off the back of being hammered by Warren for a week or two. Um, but you talk about the Chesterfield game and Adam, something that it's a little bit of a change of topic before we get onto the third goal, but you look at that Chesterfield game and we came out of that and Paul Warren said, you know, the players didn't do what he wanted them to do. Um, but one thing that he did pick up on and I picked up on when watching was when we made all those subs towards the end, we brought all those young lads on. We probably had one or two first team players on the pitch and those lads gave everything to preserve that 1-0 lead, like absolutely everything. And you could see, you know, the mentality that's already, you know, coursing through the first team, but it doesn't seem great that it's coming through to the academy lads too. Yeah, I think, I think it is great. I think when we see players like Max Bardell come on, who have really been quite direct um, when coming forward. And I think it's good that we've got players that are hungry to impact a game, um, not afraid to 
almost go out and, and play the risks because in that Chesterfield game, we'd gone 1-0 up. I thought it was a pretty even game or maybe even Chesterfield edged it in terms of the play. Yeah. Um, but when the academy players came on, they were fantastic at driving forward and they, they seemed to almost want to prove themselves to Paul Warren in a way. As much as the first team players do week in, week out, these academy players almost wanted to put the extra bit of bit of performance in. And yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that we talked about a few weeks ago about the mentality of the academy and the setup that we have now. And it's very early on, but the plays that we do currently have are um, coming through and, and trying to make their mark on the first team and aren't afraid to, to go that extra mile and, and risk it. Exactly. It's exactly what you want, isn't it? Um, from a club that's rebuilding the academy for the lads to come in and, and play the way they are is is really good. Um, and one thing, Callum, as well, on, on James Collins, um, on his goal, is that first pass gets fired into his feet. I can't remember who played it now. It might have been Sonny Bradley. Hammers it into his feet and he sort of takes it, lays it off to Max Bird. Now, last season, we didn't have a lot of that. Um, we ended up playing it long, relying on McGoldrick's hold-up abilities and, and ability on the ball. And Collins seemed to really struggle. And it was the same against Chesterfield. The ball was sort of coming over to him and bouncing off him. I remember at one point, he probably tried to pass the ball about three times in one minute and messed it up all three times. And I was there with my head in my hands like, please, James, you can do it. But yesterday, he we played it into his feet. He seemed to pop it off either side, make those runs into the box. And eventually that's how he scored. Do you think that's something that we can take advantage of playing against teams at Pride Park this season? Yeah, I mean, it's the art of having your back to goal as a, as a number nine. Um, and it's not an easy thing to do. It's something that if it's not natural, you have to work on it. And it looks like it has been worked on um, with with him. Um, and it looks like we're we're coming to see the fruitions of that. I mean, when you look at um, the, the the weaknesses of Collins, it is that first touch, or it was that first touch. It was that link up play um, that we then, like you said, re- relied on McGoldrick last season. Um, and it looks like we don't have to do that anymore. I mean, like you said, he was popping it off. He was um, obviously integral to that second goal um, when we played it black. And then Max Bird was able to put that through ball to uh, Joe Ward. I mean, when you look at him as a whole, it was that one little thing that was missing from him. It was just that link up play, that being able to hold up the ball. And especially as a number nine, you need to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I think it helps as well, Chris, doesn't it, that he had a player like Mendes Lang next to him. I know we had a little bit of a discussion about his future playing up front for Derby last week, but I thought he did really well and he stretched the pitch and he got beyond Collins quite a lot and that opened up Collins to have a little bit more space. Um, I mean, you know, as we saw with the third goal, he ends up winning the ball back. It was the second time he's won the ball back and either created or almost created a goal. Um, plays it to Max Bird. Max Bird, you know, a little back heel and Mendes Lang hammers it into the bottom corner. I mean, again, we spoke about it last week. Um, I've, I know a couple of you guys didn't think he's got a, a chance as a striker, but, you know, he, he looked good yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, he's physical. Um, you know, he, he always has been. And I think he can... He can do a do a job up there. I still don't think he's a natural striker. I think mm. he's much better suited coming in from from the wing. 
Um, just on that second goal, by the way, the Collins header, that is exactly what Lewis Dobbin should have done against Shrewsbury, if if you if you remember. That's so oddly specific. That, well, that is, because that, <laughs> that, was, that was a huge miss, wasn't it, when the keeper made a miraculous save when he was headed straight at him. That was the sort of header we needed. It was a brilliant header. Um, but yeah, that third goal, um, was it Bird who laid it off to him? It was, yeah. It was, that was it was quality, wasn't it? It was brilliant to brilliant to watch. Um and yeah, I think Mendez Lang, if he can start the season how he started last season, but carry on from 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 that, um we hopefully we can get a lot out of him this season. I said I still don't think he's a natural striker. I still think we need someone in alongside Collins. But Definitely. while he's playing as well as he is, then yeah, why not? But I think he's better suited out on the on the right wing, to be brutally honest. Yeah, the problem is we don't usually have one of those. No, um, I know. <laughs> which is uh yeah, changed it a little bit, but I do I know where you're coming from, mate. I understand. Um but Adam, I mean one of the criticisms of Mendes Lang last season was his his finishing towards the end of the season. And to be honest, looking back, I think he was just a player completely devoid of confidence. Um, you know, he came back from that hamstring injury and he was playing in a team that was losing a lot more than it was before. Um, and he just seemed like he was rushing, he was panicking. He's come, he's played for Guatemala. You know, every single Derby Facebook post is now littered with Guatemalans, which is great. It, it makes me laugh quite a lot. Um, he seems to have refound that confidence again. Um, and that finish, I mean, the way he struck it, it, it's a confident finish to sort of wrap your foot around it like that. He could have, you know, he could have blasted it. He could have rushed it, but he didn't. He took his time. He picked his spot and he put it in the corner. Do you hope that, I mean, I know Chris already mentioned it. Do you think and hope that he'll be able to carry that on throughout the season and, and sort of go one step further than he did last season? I think, I mean, it's an if, but if he can, then I don't really see a better player than him who can run at players in this division like he can. But if I'm using my head, probably not. Um, <laughs> Mendes Lang has struggled to find that sort of form throughout his career. I think that's always been the big thing that people talk about is his form. Um, how long can he keep it up for? But I think with Paul Warren saying he wants to add a couple more attacking additions and us talking about how well he's playing at the moment, Hopefully, we'll have backup options for him when he does dip out of form and he can come on more of an impact role or, or move around in a position. Um, I'd love for him to carry on his form. We've mentioned his finish. It was it was confident. It was one of a player who almost felt like he had played up front for quite a while. Um, he just understood where the goal was, and it was a it was a typical bent finish into the corner of the goal, bent it with his foot into the side of the net. I think he's in great form. I think he should start up front alongside Collins if we don't bring in another striker. That's of the, the same level as them two. Um, can he carry it on for the whole season? To be honest, no. I'm not sure whether he can. <laughs> no, um, I think around February, March time again. Players dip in and out of form. It's completely it natural. Yeah. And I think a player of Mendes Lang's ability, when we see what he can do, I think we, we see it more of as a we talk about it more when he dips in that form rather than a player who's not as goal scoring as him. Um, mm. But but I do think he's going to be a massive player for us this season, especially if he's playing in that in that role up front. Yeah, yeah, and, and you mentioned there, Adam. I mean, we Paul Warren came out and said he wants a, another number nine. He wants another number ten coming in. And I mean, our forward options. I know we talk about we don't have a striker, but with the formation we're playing, the attackers we've got, we've got Collins, we've got Washington, who we've not seen yet. 
Uh, we've got Tom Barkazen, who's been injured for the whole of preseason, pretty much um, thanks to Matlock Town uh, and obviously <laughs> Mendes Lang himself. And then we've also got Louis Sibley as well. Um, and Callum, I mean, where does that leave Sibley? He's, he's missed the whole of preseason with a calf injury. Um, warned, obviously looking for another number 10. Uh, you've got Max Bird, who's he sort of played more as an eight, didn't he, Bird? But, you know, if he wants us another 10, is he going to play him slightly deeper in that role that Bird was in? Where does it leave him? It's, we've said already, haven't we? It's it, This yeah. has got to be his season, but what's going to happen? I mean, we. I think we said either last week or it was in the, the group chat or whatever, but it was, um, for me, Thompson and Sibley were the two that if they didn't break out this season, they would probably move on. Um, and I think Thompson's um, run the critics. I think he's been um, immense at a left wing back in the role that he doesn't really know. Um, and I think Sibley could be a casualty of uh, of that unfortunate injury that he's picked up um, because other players have gone ahead of him now in the pecking order. Um, obviously, Warren's looking elsewhere for, for a number number nine and number 10. I can't see him going at a left wing back position. I can't see him go, breaking into the midfield three, maybe as a bench option, but I am worried that uh, that his time at Derby could be um, coming to a close, um, whether that's in the summer period or in January. Well, yeah, and yeah, we'll see. And like you said about Liam Thompson, he's been class, hasn't he? Um, yeah, really impressed really with him good. again yesterday. I thought against Chesterfield, he was probably our best player, bar Bird. Um, he's, you know, that low centre of gravity, he's using it to his advantage, isn't he? And I think in those wider positions, he can do that a lot more than if he's playing in the middle. So, yeah, it's good yeah. to see him doing well. Um, I know literally all of us doubted him at the start of the <laughs> yeah, season, did, yeah. and now he's he's yeah. proved all of us wrong. So yeah, let's hope Sibley can do the same thing when he's back if he gets a look in. Um, yeah. And before I come to you, Chris, we've just got this comment from Ryan Jono. He says, "Do you think Warren's saying we can't invest the money we got for Knight and Bielik it was worrying, or do you think he's playing games to make sure we don't overpay for a player that commands a fee?" Now, I personally think a bit of both. Now, I have mm -hmm. a feeling yeah. we don't want to spend that money. You've seen teams spend money in this league and struggle. Sunderland, you know, obviously, I know they went up eventually, um, but it took them a, a really long time and they spent a lot of money considering the league we're in. What do you reckon, Chris? Do, do we not have the money? Are we peasants again? Or is this Warren <laughs> playing yet more mind games to try and get people to lower their prices a little bit? Possibly. I mean, I think on Bielik, that money was spent a long, long time ago. That's been going on for ages, hasn't it? He's he's not been a Derby County player for two years now, pretty much. And yeah, I think that money went a long, long time ago. Um, look, realistically, we were never going to spend, you know, two million on Clark Harris. We were never going to spend two million on Ladapo. It was always going to be a case of being shrewd. Um, and let's face it, Warren's summer signings so far, I think, have been really good. Um, we haven't had the chance to assess Washington yet, but if Warren likes him and thinks he can do a job, then I'm all I, I'm all behind him. I do think we are a couple we are a couple of players short, but I think there are things going on in in the, the background that perhaps we don't we don't. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I know about, um, I think if we're going to be spending money, I think it will be 200, 250k absolute max. We're not going to be going in into to the millions are we um but yeah i think just derby fans need to i think sit back and realize we're in safe hands with our owner with our with our manager um the signings so far have been really good really positive it's exactly what we what we needed so yeah let's not panic yet there's still two weeks to go and if we started the season tomorrow based on what we saw yesterday we'll be doing all right yeah wow, that's that's good chris yeah, that. that was uh, yeah. that was motivational. Like, he did say three weeks surprised. ago. He is, he is he is positive now. He's positive. He's new man. <laughs> Absolutely. Just on yeah. that, I think um, I think Bielik, uh, We are still. I think we've still got an instalment to pay, haven't we? So I mean no. that. Uh, no, no, we don't. Oh, is that it now? Everything yeah, was paid. No. All all debts were wiped when uh, David Klaus took over. So right. thankfully, so, I mean, yeah, there's still, no still, still a coop of money that we needed to re redig. Like I said, I think we'll, it's just going to the bank, bank straight of, into uh, Warren's pocket. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and um, another interesting point, actually, that uh, Derby County Fan 32 is literally the most committed follower of this channel. So thank you very much, mate. Mm, um, yeah. He's put Sonny Bradley must be captain for me. He was really good yesterday. Now we'll get on to his performance. Um, but one thing I wanted to, I guess, come to you with, Adam, is I thought Sonny Bradley be captain from the second he walked in. I thought, you know, as a leader, even against Chesterfield, it was pretty much his first game. He looked class. Uh, absolutely brilliant yesterday. That block with that shot that almost took his head off towards the end was, was brilliant. But we saw at the end of the game, and we've seen a lot of things recently, it seems to be Conor Hurahan, who's um, sort of leading everything. He gave Fozzie that shirt, didn't he? Um, I mean, it's starting to look a lot like Hurahan's going to be captain. Um, very experienced player. He's played at the highest level. He's played internationally. I mean, obviously, it's pure speculation, but if, if Hurahan was, was captain and Sonny Bradley was uh, vice-captain, would you be upset? I, I don't I don't think I would be, to be honest. I think I think maybe Paul Warren likes that level head um, as captain. Maybe not the most talkative player on the pitch from Conor Hurahan, but listen... I'm not down there playing alongside him. Uh, another <laughs> statement from me that I'm nowhere near good enough to be a footballer. But um, I think at the Matlock game before Sonny Bradley had signed, or it might have been just after, I can't remember. Just to before. Be just before. Just before um, Conor Horahan looked like a leader. Um, it was a pitch-level game to watch from as a fan. And, and Conor Horahan, for me, looked like he was marshalling that team quite well. And, and you saw a different side to him. I thought, and I think we've started to see that um, with him having the captain's armband. I think there'll be many occasions where Bradley is given the armband throughout the season, obviously with him being captain at Luton, if I'm correct there. I'm not mm. wrong in saying that. Um, mm. But I think Bradley will grow into his role at Derby a lot more um, than what we're seeing him right now. I think this is definitely the early stages of his time with us. And I'm not too upset Horahan's got the captain role. I think he's going to 
I think he's going to do all right at setting us up. And I think there'll be other players out there, other leaders um, that will do the job as well, um, depending on their area, defence, midfield, attacking. And what I think is good is that we've got a player who's captain who's gained promotion before. Mm, We've got other players in the team who aren't captain but are vocal and have gained promotion before as well. I think I said this before, we need promotion winners in our team. Um, And we need some, some characters who are going to put in nasty tackles and... And, and not be the nice guys, I would say, that Derby County have had in the past, maybe. That maybe just those extra challenges need. And I think that's why Sonny Bradley probably hasn't been given the captain's armband. Um, because I think he is more of the... I'm not saying he's not a nice guy, but I think there's going to be some solid challenges in there from that are going to warrant a few cards. And um, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just best that Conor Horan has that armband to, to marshal the team. <laughs> Yeah, it did make me laugh yesterday when um, I can't remember who it was decided to murder their number nine as he ran through. And uh, Bradley went over and tried to pick the bloke up, and the bloke went mad, didn't he? He was swinging his arms around everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, I think that that winded up will do a, a good job. It's uh, yeah, it's that clip, isn't there, where the guy pushes him and he's sort of going back like that. It's uh, yeah, he's, he's the sort of player we need. But um, on on Hurrahan, Callum. I mean, I think he looks so much fitter, like so, yeah. so much fitter. Um, and he's picking up the ball and him, Bird and Smith, who we've not mentioned much today. I thought that first half, they were excellent. Like the three of them, the balance between them. There were some times when they were just playing triangles between the three of them mm, and the Stoke yeah. players couldn't get anywhere near them. And, um, you know, he just looks ready this season. Don't he? Maybe he was just unfit last season. Maybe that's why it didn't work so well. Maybe all the players were just unfit. Um, but he looks ready, doesn't he, Hurahan? He looks ready for football. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at um, last season compared to this season, Warren was still trying to instigate his um, philosophy into a team that, obviously, like I said, he hasn't really didn't really know for a period of time. Tried to get obviously Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. There's not much time on the training ground to get them fit. So, as I say, getting them into a pre-season camp with Paul Warren and his team has seemed to have done the absolute world benefit to Conor Horan. And, and like you say, um, with Adam and yourself, it wasn't the ready-made captain. I probably didn't expect it, but like you said, he's a promotion winner. Um, he has a level of... Um, not... a ability but a level of um nouse in how to get promotion in how to get wins and and when you look at teams uh, within the league the teams who go up have those with dotted around mm. this starting 11 and when you're looking at bradley looking at horahan um even ward when he obviously was going for promotion stuff like that it's teams who uh, the binning teams obviously have been going at the promotion chances and stuff like that so Conor Horahan for me is going to be within the starting eleven every single week, um, and unless he gets injured. So, and it's obviously nice to see, considering the amount of rumours over the last few months that him and Warren fell out. Yeah, yeah, I remember someone told me that he'd like knocked out an academy player. So I'm like, <laughs> he just hasn't, has he? <laughs> I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Uh, it's not quite as good as Paul Ward pushing Liam Thompson in the pool and getting sacked, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's certainly up there. That made me laugh. I was at my, my brother's graduation and I opened my phone and within one hour, Paul Ward had been sacked and killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah. 
but that, that that's Derby <laughs> County Twitter for you, mate. That's it, it is. It is. Yeah, terrible place. Terrible place. Uh, Chris, you've been in the private chat. You you got something you want to say about the captaincy? The floor's yours, my friend. I think, you know, yeah, Sonny Bradley is a prime candidate for captain, as everyone can see. But I think we need to remember this isn't football manager. You don't just give your most experienced player the captain's armband. The captaincy... (laughs) (laughs) Captain's armband. There is a lot of pressure associated. Um, And, you know, being the captain of Derby County, you know, I know we're in League, League One, but it's a big, big job. And personally, I'd be much happier if Sonny Bradley was just more concentrated on being in that back three, being the leader of, the, of that back three, rather than, than the pressure of the captain's armband. You look what it did to Bird last season. He was captain a lot. Um, and I think he shrunk a bit under the under the pressure. Um, and I think we just need to leave Bradley alone and let him do his thing. And I know it's a really corny Sunday, Sunday league game phrase, but... We need as many captains out there as we can, not just mm-hmm. one. And I think people like Fozzy, like Bradley, um, obviously Hurahan, if he gets the armband, Ward, they're all going to be pivotal to next season. I really don't think it matters too much. And I don't think the Derby fans should be too hooked up on who actually ends up wearing that armband next season. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you put it in the chat now. <laughs> um but yeah yeah bradley yeah uh, he was immense yesterday wasn't he um if you can keep playing like that i think we'll probably be all right this season uh and another player that i kind of wanted to talk about uh he came on at left wing back now that's not his position uh i think you could probably tell uh pretty quickly that it was his position but kane wilson sort of made his like proper debut i guess um for derby at pride park i think he tried really hard. He looked like a player who hadn't played football in a year or so. Um, and, I mean, at the start, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was like Waghorn then, really, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he came on. I was like, oh, God, he's, you know, he's struggling. But he really grew, I thought, into the game. And there was one time where he went on that run and, you know, for some reason tried to outside foot cross it when he was thrown goal. Um, and he went on another run and sort of nutmegged the guy and got, you know, killed for it. I, I think he he looks like a player who's not played in a while, um, Adam, but he, he looks like a player who's also got potential, doesn't he? Yeah, and not in a pretentious way when I say this, but I'm almost glad he's come in and he needs a bit more time because I think at the moment we've got such competitive first 11 mm-hmm. and a first 11 that could, like Chris said, go in and walk into the game tomorrow if the season started tomorrow. Um, I'm almost glad he might be arriving late, if that makes sense, in terms of when he's at his peak. You know, we've talked about Mendes Lang dipping in and out of form, and I've I've always said we need a, a bigger squad than what we have, and I've always banged on about getting loan players in and getting the backup players in. But if we've got players that can hit form at a different time to the main eleven, then that's going to be absolutely crucial. And a player of Kane Wilson have, has so much potential. You know, I really rated him when he was at Bristol City and obviously had a great season with Forest Green Rovers when they were in League Two. Um, and he's got so much potential. And we, we saw flashes of that. But I think it's good if he gets almost drip-fed into that mm. starting eleven, some appearances off the bench, and then hopefully he'll come into form when maybe some of the older, more experienced players are sort of lacking fitness and need a bit of a break. 
Um, but I think he's got a lot of potential to go quite a long way in that team, especially if we play with wing-backs. Mm. Okay, imagine being a League One left-back and you've defended against Joe Ward for 70 minutes and then the board goes up and Ward comes off and Kane Wilson comes on. I think you'd be like, what have I done to deserve this? Um, <laughs> I'll be doing that to my gaffer, yeah. mate. I'll be just like, bring me on. Get yourself straight off. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a player that can definitely do better than he is now. Like you said, I think he's he's not played football for a while. He's got some growing to do. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be good. But yeah, we're, we're in a lucky position, aren't we? It's funny because we weren't saying this last week. But we're no, in a lucky no. position nope. where we've got... We're not reactionary at all here. Um, <laughs> but we've got we've got quite a good team. You know, quite a good team. We only beat Stoke 3-0. Um, but I guess we should probably talk about it as we sort of come towards the end of the episode. The four pensioners... Um, you know, we can't go this episode without talking about them. I love the halftime stuff. I love the chats that they had. It was class to see them warming up again. Um, Craig Bryson, David Nugent, Bradley Johnson, who plays for us, kind of, and mm. um, Martin Waghorn. I mean, I thought Bryson, Bryson looked like he couldn't run anymore, <laughs> which is quite funny. <laughs> Um, thought, yeah, David David Nugent actually looked the best out of all of them, I thought. He yeah. <laughs> looked all right, Dave, if you fancy a game. Uh, Waghorn, who looked like, I thought the fact he came on early made me think that was his trial. Um, I thought that might have been his, uh, his... And I thought he was pretty dire, so I don't think he did very well to uh, to put himself a contract there, if so. And yeah, Jono's just class, isn't he? Um, Callum, what did you make of the, the Fantastic Four... It, well, I mean, it kind of added to the nostalgia that everyone's been calling us since we've been doing signs in retirement FC. And it was just like, when you look at like the, it was great to see, and it was really nice to see that obviously Stoke um, uh, got on board with it all. Um, obviously, yes, it was um, all for fuzzy. It was for nostalgia reasons. And it was nice that each of them had for their own reasons, got a kind of little send off um, that they didn't get when they each left the club. Mm. Um, Bryson left in the circumstances he did. Waggon left during COVID. Um, Nugent kind of just passed by. And as I say, probably Johnson was the same. So you kind of looked at it and gone, it was a, just a nice way of just all the fans who were there, just be able to go, thanks very much for your service uh, and actually send him off in person um, and give the ovation that they all deserved. And I, uh, I love the Kitmans um, at the club. I think he deserves a pay rise um, after the <laughs> idea that he did, um, because the, I think those shirts, if they're not going for charity, will be uh, obviously highly sought after. Mm. I tell you what, the bitterness of Forest fans oh, about Bryson's shirt is I hilarious. I don't know how it's upset Absolute them so fishing, much. Fishing, not like yeah, he's clearly joking. They're like, "Well, you're actually League One, though." <laughs> no way. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> uh, what do you? What did you think, Chris? What did you think? Oh, no, it was really good to see. And I just bet they were relieved that none of the four of them were on that um, Spanish trip. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, it looked like Bryson needed it, to be fair, bless him. But no, it was, it was it, you know, I, I still think Fozzie deserved a little bit better than Stoke. But hey-ho, it's gone now. It was a really good day. Um, and... Yeah, I just, I really, really pray. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Warren's going to be looking back that far. You know, Bradley Johnson's come in as as a coach mainly. Um, yeah. You know, people saying, you know, Martin Waghorn needs to come back for a last hurrah. No, thanks. You know, no. he was, 
you know, he will be remembered for working hard and scoring that penalty for us against Wednesday. Um, but yeah, let's leave bygones as, as bygones. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, Forest fans, um, I, I, I'm, they confuse me that bunch. They really do. <laughs> you know, it was just a bit of a laugh in a preseason game. Um, you know, go and worry about Man City and Liverpool away. Don't worry about us against Stoke in July. Get a life, lads. Come on. Yeah, if they can, if they can reduce the number of six nils they face next season, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they'll be happy. Exactly. Let let let's focus. They should focus on their achievements. Let us focus on ours. Thank you. Mm, yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, they'll be happy. They signed William, didn't they? Or, or so I was told. Um, yeah, 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 they should be jealous. We've got Collins, mate. We've got Collins. Yeah. Um, one last thing, <laughs> one last thing before we go into Sheffield United. Um, Ryan John has put, Do you think we're missing a feisty midfielder? Um, you know, with Hurrahan, Bird, etc., being in there, I think, I think Corey Smith can be that. I do agree with you, Ryan. I was, I was chatting to my dad about this. I do think that. We could probably do with one, one more. I'd say. Um, I think in that holding midfield position, you've sort of got, you know, the three of them, and that's it. Uh, Liam Thompson can't play that role. Uh, you've obviously got Sibley that can play the slightly further forward one. So yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think we could do with one, even if it's just for rotation. Um, but right, let's get into Sheffield United. Uh, now they're a team that are having a very, very weird time at the minute. One of my best mates supports Sheffield United, um, and they've not made many signings. Uh, they've got up to the Prem, they're predicted to finish either bottom or second bottom, thanks to Luton's even weirder signings. Um, <laughs> Adam, what do you reckon? I think it's going to be the top. Well, it is the toughest preseason. That's not an understatement. I'm stating the obvious there when I say that. <laughs> but, um, but I think it's going to be a good run out. And once again, Paul Warren should probably look at putting out a team like he has done. That is sim. That is mirroring the start of the season. Um, it's just about getting minutes in legs, isn't it? And against such a good opposition in terms of the test, it's going to be because I, I think Sheffield United will have the same mindset. Um, they're going to be wanting wanting to implement their game plan for their opening game. Um, and I think it, it's just going to be a tough game. Probably a loss if they go out pretty strong. That's um, the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> getting back into the normal Derby County mindset. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start getting back into this. But um, I think it's going to be a good competitive game. And I'm interested to see whether whether Kane Wilson maybe even gets to start. That's probably my main thought. Hmm. Um, and see how many of the young lads get into that team. Well, exactly. And and Chris, I mean, Warren's come out and he said the likes of Washington, and should be fit as well. Um, would you like him to shuffle it round a bit, give a, give a few minutes to those that have missed a lot of pre-season? Possibly. I mean, it is important to bear in mind that Sheffield United, if they've, they've got a week long longer than us, they start the weekend after, don't they? So I don't think they'll be ready for their first 11, you know, a proper... Um, run out for the first team for the first game of the game of the season um, but yeah I think you know that's what pre-season games are for it doesn't matter who you're who you're playing against you want to get minutes under your belt um, I think the week between Sheffield United and the Wigan game that will be when they'll be 
a lot less emphasis on fitness at training and a lot more on actual set pieces and getting their shape right. Um, but just on Sheffield United, you just say we don't usually talk about other leagues, but I do think it is the weakest Premier League for a long, long time when you look mm-hmm. at the likes of Sheffield United and Luton and Bournemouth and obviously Forest um, and the strongest championship season that we've ever had potentially. And I, for one, am actually quite pleased we're not in there. Um, <laughs> that's for that's for next season. But yeah, I think Sheffield United would be a good test. Um, they're still a few weeks away from their prime. Um, but if we can get a good performance, it's all about confidence now, isn't it? I think fitness is there already. Um, so yeah, let's see how it goes. And hopefully a clean sheet will be fantastic. And another goal for, 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 for Collins and hopefully Washington getting on the score sheet. Happy days. Well, exactly. And you've mentioned the Prem and the the championship there. I think uh, we'll obviously save it for next week when we do the season preview. But I think Mm. League One looks pretty weak at the minute as well. Uh, Not to tempt fate, touch wood, all of that sort of stuff. Um, (laughs) Right, Callum, you kick us off, mate. I want want a score prediction and I want goal scorers. Um, I will go... 1-0 1-0 Derby, uh, and I'll go Collins hype train. I'll go Collins. Good stuff, Adam. Um, getting back into the regular Derby County spirit. Um, 3-1 Sheffield United. <laughs> <laughs> Collins scores a nice cross goal that Ward set up. We'll be able to talk about that. So, yeah, 3-1 Sheffield United, unfortunately. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I'm going to stick to what I said, actually. 2-0, Washington and uh, Collins to score. Good stuff. I'm going to say 2-0, Bogle own goal, low own goal. And, uh, yeah, a good end to uh, to pre-season. But, right, lads, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. We've had so much to talk about. This episode's gone on forever. What is it on now? Like 43 minutes. So, yeah, yeah. sorry to everyone for it being so long today. We've just got about 100 talking points. You should see my notes. There's usually only about four. <laughs> And I've got about two pages worth here. Um, if you did enjoy and watch it on video, you can check out the audio stuff. It's on Spotify, Apple Pods, all of that stuff. If you enjoyed the audio and want to check out the video, you know you can catch us live at 7 o'clock-ish uh, every Sunday on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Um, and, yeah, get involved on Twitter at Rams Talk Pod or Rams Talk Podcast. You can find it pretty much everywhere. So, right, lads, big 3-0 win. One preseason game before the season. Cheers, lads, up the Rams. Cheers, guys. And just, just a quick one. Make sure Wigan is... The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.